Happy Friday, everyone, and thank you for joining us on Fried Okra, the public education podcast for Oklahomans. I'm Ellen Pogamiller with the Oklahoma Education Association. And I'm Catherine Bishop, president of OEA. Fried Okra is a weekly podcast where we get together to talk about public education issues in Oklahoma. We hope you'll join us every Friday. And this is our first podcast yeah, back. Happy in the New, New Year, year, Ellen. Happy New Year. And 2023. I've only written it wrong a number of times. <laughs> well, and I am thrilled that our first um, guest to kick oh, yeah. off the new year is the 2022-2023 Teacher of the Year, Rebecca Peterson. Welcome, Rebecca. Thank you so much for having me. So just start us out. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your path to becoming a teacher. Yeah. So I am an immigrant to the United States. We moved here when I was quite young. Um, in addition to being an immigrant, I'm also the daughter of two medical missionaries. So by the time I was 16, I had lived in four different countries. And I am just incredibly grateful for those opportunities now as an adult. But as a child moving, you know, not just city to city, but continent to continent, I felt this just huge desire to belong. And when you can't quite answer the question, where is home or where are you from? It kind of does something to, um, to the fiber of who you are. And so I really compensated by trying to fit in, right? And I compensated by, um, by performing. And I learned how to talk like an American, dress like an American, make the grades to make my American teachers happy. But I always felt really like I had to earn my spot, right? That, um, that I had to do something to please instead of just being accepted for who I was. Um, and so, when I started kind of unraveling my journey as this um, bilingual person who who got to grow up in so many different cultures, I realized that um, that my background can really be a yeah. gift to other yeah. people, and I really, I honestly, I wanted to be a teacher forever, but kind of the whatever grade I was in was like the class I wanted to teach, right? When I was in elementary, I wanted to be an elementary teacher. When I was in middle school, I wanted to be a middle school teacher. And when I was in high school, I had the opportunity to take concurrent classes at Tulsa Community College and decided I was going to be a college professor. So I got my undergrad in mathematics and then went straight and got my master's in mathematics. And I joke, I say I do it backwards because I taught at the college level for three years. And um, my last year, I serendipitously got to teach concurrent classes at Union High School and really loved teaching those classes. And I found myself jealous of the high school teachers. I would walk the hallways and see like, they are teaching the same math that I am, but they get these kids five days a week, Mm, right? All year long, I get them two or three days a week for a semester. And I just thought, man, the connections I could build if I had more time, right? Not just with the content, but with the students. And so I became alternatively certified that year and have been at Union teaching high school math ever since. This is my 14th year in education. Yeah. So you you came to Union, mm-hmm. and I, I know a little bit about your story. So I, I, how was that first year? Yeah, yeah. That was, um, that was tough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, you know, I went from this sphere where my students were like paying to hear yeah. what I had to say, right? And really did not want to pay to hear me say it again. So they would 
take notes, do pretty well on tests, study for tests, you know, no phones. We were good. I thought, man, I am good at teaching math. (laughs) And then I transitioned into high school teaching where, I mean, I facetiously say like kids are forced by the government to be there, right? (laughs) Right. Um, So it was a huge shock to my system. And I thought, I'm not as good at this as I thought I was, right? Um, It was just, it was this just shock to my system. And I really thought I was going to be one and done. I would just go running back to the college classroom, um, finish that PhD that I I thought I was going to get since I was 16 years old. Um, And about halfway through, I serendipitously stumbled upon this community blog called One Good Thing. And It was this collective of teachers from all over America that lived by the mantra, every day may not be good, but there's something good in every day. Mm -hmm. And I think, honestly, I remember reading that the first time and just like exhaling for the first time in a while because it gave me permission to say, yeah, was not great, Rebecca. Like you could have done better, but you are the author of your own story, right? You're the narrator. So you get to choose what has the final word, right? And so um, it was just this this perfect definition to me of joy. Because to me, joy is not binary. Mm-hmm. Joy is not the opposite of sadness. Joy can hold it all, right? Mm-hmm. Joy can yeah. ho- hold the sorrows and the triumphs, the good and the bad. And that's exactly what we have to do as teachers. Like we hold so much for our students day in and day out. But what are we going to allow to have that final say? And to me, something just clicked that I want the good and the true and the light to have the final word in my story and in my students' stories. Um, and so it was just this um, the space for hope, right? And so I had a really rough first semester. I mean, you think about like, I could deliver content, but I had no freaking clue on classroom management, (laughs) right? Like, and I thought that I like was good too, which I think just put me backwards like two years. Um, (laughs) So I, you know, took that, that semester or that break in the middle of the semesters and really reflected on my own practices and did some practical changes in the classroom. But then I also started blogging on this blog. Mm, And um, one day I just decided to write and hit publish, right? And then the next day, write and hit publish again. And then the next day, publish again. And uh, my math brain really connects it to like exponential growth, because if you can kind of picture this curve, it starts out very, very flat, right? But then it increases at an increasing rate. So the more I did it, the more impactful it became. And I started out with it being pretty... um, a pretty almost passive activity, right? Like I'd go home and be like, oh, what am I going to write about today, right? And then somewhere in there, there's this like inflection point and you start being like, you start noticing the good, yeah. right? It becomes this habit of you're like, I could write about that. Or I could write about that. And then you have another turning point of I'm going to create the good, right? Mm. So yeah. how what how am I going to approach today? What good is, what good am I going to make that I can then celebrate, right? So it went from like passive to um, kind of proactive and then to really active. And I, I just credit um, this blog and this act of really intentional reflection to um, having what my mother would call an attitude adjustment. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but then I just really started realizing 
again, like how much I love the classroom and that um, was, I was not quite as terrible as maybe I thought I was. Mm -hmm. And um, that I really, really, really loved the kids. Yeah. You you just hit on so many great things. And we talk a lot about that mindfulness. Yes. And it starts with self. Yes. And that Mm self-awareness and when to make Mm -hmm. those shifts. So I, I know you talk about being reactive, active, proactive. So how did you make that? How or do on a daily basis, how do you make that shift in your mind to say, I'm going to be proactive. I am the perpetual glass half full gap. I'm like, I can't be solution driven unless I am. Mm -hmm. So how do you do that? And I think that's where people are finding themselves today, Mm -hmm. especially Mm -hmm. after the during this pandemic and how we do mm-hmm. that. And, and mm-hmm. I'm seeing so many people that is just bogging them down the, mm-hmm. and not in a productive way. And not in a productive way. Yeah. yeah. I think a big key is finding like your tribe and your people that you can reflect with. Um, I talk about this blog, but, <laughs> but I also had a principal that was reading every single word and that would <sighs> come back and say, I love, I love that you did this and I, I needed to hear this, right? I needed to hear the good that was happening in your classroom because your classroom is in my school. Um, and so we have to find ways to be intentional about sharing the good. Mm -hmm. We have to, um, we can't get in that teacher's lounge mentality of just griping. There is a time and a place to vent. Don't get me wrong. Absolutely. We have to, we have to recognize that every day may not be good, right? Mm -hmm. But what is good. Um, And so for me, uh, it was taking a lot of these practices to my classroom, um, to having my students start journaling one good thing every week to doing, um, we practice mindfulness in the classroom. And if I'm serious about this, I'm really serious, then it should be something I'm teaching my own students, right? And we've um, particularly in high school gotten so very academic, I think, Mm -hmm. like we've got six to seven hours of Mm -hmm. just Mm -hmm. sitting in a desk and Mm -hmm. kind of all learning the same way. Um, But what if we approached, you know, empathy and compassion and self-regulation, just as important as reading, writing and mathematics. Um, And the cool thing is that they're not mutually exclusive, right? Um, So just like we can teach literacy and mathematics, we can also teach this, these incredibly important um, I don't even call them soft skills. I call them essential skills mm-hmm. in um, in math class as well. So that's that I think was kind of yeah. a bridge for so me what as it, well. I know there's people that are going to be listening going, oh my gosh, I, w- I want to do that. What what does that look like in your classroom? Yes. So um, for example, every Friday they have a little math notebook. They turn to their last page and they write one good thing from the week. Um, on Mondays we practice practice mindfulness. So this looks obviously different for different grades, Mm -hmm. but for high schoolers, um, I just play gentle music. Um, Some of my colleagues prefer to just run a like headspace pre-made mindfulness session, but um, I just we just take some time to breathe Mm. because anxiety is now a childhood epidemic in America. Mm -hmm. One in eight children struggle with anxiety and um, my students will be the first to tell you that they are stressed, they're anxious, and they need someone to give them time and space to be them. Um, So we practice breathing techniques so that they can learn how to be present and not stressed about the future or worried about the past, right? Learn how to be in their body right now. Um, And then I always end with a a short blessing um, for them to, to carry out throughout the week. 
Um, we do mindfulness check-ins, you know, just a quick, um, how are you? I'm good. I'm okay. I'm struggling. And I, I would really like if you checked in with me, right? Um, so just these really, honestly, small five-minute things that send the message of we're in this together. Like yeah. we belong to each other. Mm. We are connected. And I think, you know, we talk about relationships as being so important for classroom management. And so that doesn't sit super well with me because it, I think then you're just treating the symptom instead of the root cause. Like yeah. we create relationships because we are humans and they are humans and we have to connect on a human level, right? We've got to humanize school. Classroom management is a great side effect of that. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't think that's the reason we build relationships. The reason we build relationships is because of who we are and how we were created to be. And so those are, yeah, small It shouldn't be a, like, I, I heard it so many times, Ellen and, mm -hmm. and, and, and Rebecca, when out in, you know, uh, in my journey through teaching, uh, you, you just need to build a relationship Correct. with that child. Yeah. You know, that became like the answer. You didn't That's build right. a relationship. Yep. Well, that just becomes a skill and it should just be natural. It should be natural. In what you do in your everyday yeah. life. And, and it looks different for every teacher. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So... Then you become teacher of the year. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what was that like? What yeah. Was uh, well, so Cindy Johnson from Collinsville taught at Union with me for years, and we were both finalists, and we got oh. to do the, the whole thing side by side the whole time because I always put you in alphabetical order, and she was J and I was P, so I, was, I always had my buddy. And I mean, I remember Superintendent Hoffmeister calling my name, and then I looked at Cindy and was like, did she say my name? <laughs> she was like, yes. Um, and so it was, it was just such a surreal moment, particularly being surrounded by 11 other incredible yeah. teachers who were just as deserving. Um, and so I think about that moment often and I, I, um, I don't take this year lightly because of them, because I want to do them proud. You know, mm -hmm. I want to do right by them. Um, so yeah, it was a really wild moment. And then you take a year off yes. from at teaching yep. and become kind of an ambassador yeah. through the State Department. But how that looks is really driven by you, correct? Yes, right. So it is a year sabbatical. Um, I'm still on union's payroll. I have my benefits and my step and all that. And then the State Department reimburses union for um, for another math teacher this year. And um, certainly I'm expected to um, respond to speaking engagements as they arise, go to state board meetings. The month of October is pretty um, blocked off to work on your National Teacher of the Year portfolio. Mm. But outside of those things, your time is really your own and you can do with it really. I mean, you have a lot of autonomy. Um, I, just, I kept saying, you know, if I'm going to be out of the classroom for a year, well, I don't want to be out of the classroom for a year. Mm -hmm. Like that's really what it came down to. I said, if yeah. I'm going to be out of my own classroom mm -hmm. for a year, right. I want it to be in other people's classrooms for a mm -hmm. year. And I want it to be a meaningful year. Right. Um, and I want to learn in a way that I'm not ever going to get this mm -hmm. chance again. You know, um, I, I relate it to maternity leave a lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have a set time and I just treasure it so much. Um, and I think you take it so seriously knowing that there's like an expiration date, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, so 
kind of out of, I, w- I knew I wanted to continue the One Good Thing blog in a sense, but kind of take that statewide. Another, uh, another way I really connect with my students is I, about six years ago, I started the tradition of just having them sign up for um, a time slot to come talk to me and learn. And so I can learn their story because um, I just think our stories are so powerful. And I think that you have just so much more compassion, empathy for someone when you know where they came from, mm-hmm. right? So when that kid is, decides to make a bad choice, mm-hmm. you see more w- the why, mm-hmm. right? And you can see um, not not that you make excuses for that, but you have just an, a whole nother level of empathy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they typically have a whole different respect for you yeah. because students spell love, T-I-M-E, right? And you've, take, mm-hmm. you've given them probably your most precious non-renewable resource, Mm -hmm. right? Your time. And so um, kind of intersecting the One Good Thing blog and listening to stories, um, we have launched what I call my passion project for the year, which is Teachers of Oklahoma. And so I'm trying to hit all 77 counties and just find these highly effective educators, you know, oftentimes that fly under the radar Mm -hmm. um, and just visit them in their natural habitat. I get to spend usually half a day with them in their classroom. And then I I sit and learn their story during lunch or their planning period and just get just a true feel for who they are as a teacher and their heartbeat um, and their passion for the classroom. And then um, I record that all. I come home and 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 write up a post, write a little story on them Um and then we feature that on social media as well as a full page ad on the teacher's um, local newspaper. So that the state department. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, so what have you seen? What have you heard? What I have, mean, just what do you want to share about is, what's happening I in mean, our classrooms? The hope and the creativity and the tenacity and just the beauty that our teachers bring day in and day out is infinite. Like I told my husband the other day, like when I'm driving, to go talk to a teacher. I'm like pumped. I've got music playing or an audio book. And I'm usually like just praying that this teacher will feel just so honored and celebrated, right? Yeah. Um, and then inevitably on my drive home, I just have to turn everything off and just drive at least for a half hour in complete silence because I just like have to take it all in, yeah. like mm-hmm. the goodness yeah. that they choose to bring and how they just roll up their sleeves and work far beyond their contract duties and contract hours because of the kids, mm-hmm. right? Um, and oftentimes no one sees, yeah. no one else sees what they're doing, um, but they are relentless in the pursuit mm-hmm. of our children's well-being, right? They are, um, they have the one foot so firmly grounded in reality and the other foot stands in the hope of what can be. And so they are here offering the hope and the skills our students need to live productive, joy-filled, healthy lives. There's and, so much happening. Oh, and I, and I just love it because within all of that, you're telling the story, but you're elevating the profession. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, I mean, we have so many professionals across the state right. and we sometimes we do a disservice by just calling them teachers because they're yeah. not just right. teachers. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I love, you know, your work at saying, here's what professionals look like in yes. the classroom. Yeah. Yes. And like all of our educators, not just teachers, but support professionals. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. It's like, oh, everything that Everyone. happens I mean, in you, that yeah. daily, yeah. on mm-hmm. a daily basis for kids. And yes. we're, we're so um, about sharing our stories. I am constantly, yeah. I, I'm on this 
journey and this pathway to encourage and get people to share their stories and the grocery lines at their yes. places of worship, everywhere mm-hmm. they're at, tell mm-hmm. them, mm-hmm. tell them the celebrations that we have That's in our right. classrooms and the challenges. That's right. Don't, you don't have exactly. To, you don't, everything doesn't have to be rosy. That's cozy, right. But there is so much good that is happening. Exactly. And it is time for educators to control the narrative. That's right. This is our story. That's right. And we should be telling it and not letting other mm-hmm. avenues out there Correct. tell our story. Exactly. They're not the experts. They're That's not right. the ones every day in our, our school buildings, in our classrooms. We are there. That's right. And we should be controlling that and telling Bingo. it. And so uh, I just, I just, I'm like, yes. Yes, this is it. So, where are you at on your journey for the National Teacher of the Year? Where, where, how's that? What have you got to do? Yeah. Well, what all is that? Well, look actually, like? yeah. So, actually, that really starts in 2023 now. Okay. So, I get to meet my cohort um, in February, mm-hmm. and then we'll have Washington Week at oh. the end of April and May. We'll have um, our week with NASA in the summer, and then. Um, and I think we have another leadership conference in the fall, and then I end January 2024. And we get to walk the field for the national yes. championship yes. game for college football. Oh, yes, that's, that's the piece that's I love so because it's on the. Um, yeah, I'm talking really loud. Sorry, Joe. Our, um, that that is the coolest thing is ever. It, yeah, and I my love husband is advertisement for is pumped. Yeah, my husband like, is pumped. Oh. Also, <laughs> best thing. <laughs> so, so Jessica will be at the national championship game. Mm, that's right. This year, this year. okay, good. Monday, Monday, right? Yeah, that, Gina yeah. was at last year's right. game, right? And so, oh, and so that is, it, yeah, the timing of it all can kind of confuse people, yeah. you know, because I, I joke, I'm like, I won my my building teacher of the year over two years ago. Yeah. You oh know, gosh. so I think my district's probably real sick of me at this point. Like, <laughs> when yeah. is she done? Yeah. It's just, but it's such a cool journey. And I know speaking with uh, Gina and Jessica, that cohort that you're a part of becomes your family. Yes. I'm, I'm very excited. So cool. And especially our, our Oklahoma teachers of the year, you know, are oh, a cohort. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> They've been so supportive. Um, yeah, and just, you can just, you know, text them with anything, and they, it's just comforting because they've been there, right? Oh, Rebecca, there is, you are the epitome of what Oklahoma teachers are, mm-hmm. and Thank you. Uh, we celebrate you Thank as you. our teacher of the year. That you are so amazing, much. and your story is amazing. Your journey is amazing. I am just so grateful that you represent Oklahoma and who we are. That means a lot. It's an honor in my lifetime to represent Um, teachers of Oklahoma. Did you, just so our listeners know, if they want to be a teacher that you spotlight, how how do they become? Yes. So um, you can go straight to the State Department's website or um, sde.ok.gov. And then if you want to go straight to Teachers of Oklahoma, just slash Teachers of OK. and all the information is there, how to nominate a teacher. Um, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, but all, all the information is on that landing page at the State Department's website. And if somebody wants to have you come out and speak, yes. whether it's a civic organization or a school, how do they do the same thing? Same thing, State okay. Department's website. And um, it's a quick little form and it will come to come to me first. And as long as I'm free that day, it will be approved. So okay. uh, yeah, super, super easy. Awesome. awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining Thanks for us. Having I, me. We, I needed that uh, as a pick me up uh, for this week. So <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. 
Well, let's just take some time and catch up with Catherine. Ellen, did you have a good holiday break? We did. Uh, yes, I got in a little accident. But oh, no. <laughs> well, we don't have to. But long story short, my car is going to be in Waco for probably the next four to six weeks. So other wow. than that. But everybody's to, okay. Everybody's safe. okay. Okay. So well, that's my long story you short. You just hate that. I know. No, that doesn't. <laughs> But, but everything else was good. Yeah, everything else was good. Yeah. So you, how about you? Yeah, great. You know, it was such a, I felt like it was such a great space, mm-hmm. time that we have. And that before, it was kind of like in two chunks. It was before Christmas and then before New Year's. Before Christmas, it was like so cold. Yeah. That was the crazy part <laughs> of it. And then it got warm. But it, but it was just a great, it was just a wonderful holiday um, just to be with family and friends, and uh, now, now it's now is when it gets super busy, crazy. Yes. But this is the time of the year that I love mm-hmm. because everything is going full steam ahead. And I know for our educators uh, that are in our schools, they're they're doing the same thing. It's like when you come back from Christmas break, it is like boom, you're you're heading out, and we have got so many good things. But I'm so glad we had Rebecca on as our ki- our kickoff guest for um, 2023. I, I just cannot say enough. Her message, her story, is about that hope. Mm-hmm. It's that hope that we need, and it's and it is about talking what we do and sharing what we do that is so good is the good that we do and we need to stop being shy about it and we need to stop not talking about it we need to be talking about it to everybody Mm -hmm. this is what we do this is the difference we're making in that there is good that happens every day absolutely you got to find it and you have to really really work at moving that that needle from being um, just even active to proactive. I'm going to be looking for something good. I, w- I want there to be good. And it's just, I want, I always tell my husband, look up, look <laughs> up. Yeah. Just look up, see the good, see, mm-hmm. see the solutions that we can be creating. It, it, and it doesn't mean that we can't address our challenges. Right. We need to be talking about those too. I mean, look at what all we've been doing in the midst of the, the hardest teacher shortage education support employee shortage, everything. And, and look the incredible job that our educators are doing every day. Yeah. Look at the incredible job that our students are doing every day. And they have they have made it, they have lived through a pandemic. Mm-hmm. We've all lived through a pandemic. And, and we need to be celebrating, you know, what we're doing. And so having Rebecca on in her message is just, it just brings me joy in my heart. Absolutely. And gives me hope. So, and I think yes. that is ultimately what we all need. Yeah. It's a little dose of hope as we continue into this new year. And you know what makes me really excited? Because you remember last year, mm-hmm. we, we started something new last year with our civication. We had our civication at the Capitol on Tuesdays where educators can come and, and lobby at the Capitol. Um, but then we also have our civication back home, our dinners that mm-hmm. we have with legislators back home. And we do those by our what we call our zones and our specific areas. Um, and last year, I remember January, what happened? COVID. COVID. <laughs> February, what happened? Snow. Yeah. And then we ended up having them like in March and April. But yes. this year, we're going to have, we're going to think positive. We're going to have, be that glass half full. Right. And we're going to just think real positive. And so how many, I, I know we are, our, our zone, 
our OEA board members, our directors have done an incredible job because they've set these dates out. Yes. How we've many? already, we already have, I believe, seven in January scheduled. Oh, that's amazing. And so in your email, you should receive kind of when those are, and you can already go ahead and sign up. And oh, so cool. We're so will very that come excited. out the, in the legislative email yes, this the Saturday? the legislative email, and they start, the first one is January 19th. Oh, so. awesome. 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 And we, we want to have dinner with you. We want to mm-hmm. have conversations. So you talked about relationships. Yes. First time you get to be able to sit down with your legislator and start those relationships. And I think those are so beautiful and it's so important to do. And then um, we got our organizing conference coming up uh, February 24th, 25th. I hope I got those dates right. I'm getting thumbs up. <laughs> Good for me. Ah, 2023. Here we come. Um, but the early bird special is going on. It's $30. Is going to be, an, I'm so excited for this conference. It's going to be awesome. We're going to have Jamie Vollmer as our keynote speaker in the morning and then Representative Logan Phillips in the afternoon. Two incredible advocates mm-hmm. for public education and you are not going to want to miss it. And then we've got breakout sessions for our members. It's, this is a time to just come together and um, be with our colleagues and to say, what can we do to to help elevate our profession and elevate public education? You know, this year, we're at a new location. We're at the Hilton Garden Inn Convention Center in Edmond, Oklahoma, right off I-35, easy in and out, great to get to. And you're not going to, you're, you're going to want to come. So, yeah. um, and book it now with that $30. Yes. yes. Get it in. Get, <laughs> bring a team. Uh, come have fun and it is going to be a great Friday evening, Saturday. We're going to, it's going to be awesome. Awesome. Well, I can't wait to see our members at civication dinners and at organizing conference. And we want to thank Rebecca Peterson for joining us today. And thank you for listening to Fried Okra, the public education podcast for Oklahomans. I'm Ellen Pogamiller with the Oklahoma Education Association. And I'm Catherine Bishop, president of OEA. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Fried Okra on Apple Podcasts. You can also contact us at friedokrapodcasts at gmail.com. We hope you'll join us again next week. Until then, keep fighting the good fight for public education.